you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Uh, Tom is a big deal. Like, there are, what's hard is, I can't go most places in the country without running into someone that Tom has ministered to and has made an, uh, an impact in their life. Tom used to be the DYD in Florida for over 20 years. I, I, uh, closer to 30 years. 24 years. Golly. So he ran thousands of youth in this state of Florida. He was over everyone through the Assemblies of God that was, that was in youth. And so... Tom is just, he's ministered. Now he's, he's a missionary to Belgium. We support him, so he's one of the missionaries of our house. And uh, we love him, we love him, we love him. Tom, you are anointed beyond most people I know, man. I mean, there is few people that have that calling God on your, their life like you, and we're thankful for you to speak into our lives this morning. Would you give it up for Tom? Thank you. Amen. Is, is, Tim, is Okay, okay. Amen. What a joy to be with you today. I'm so excited for you um, and what, what, what you're doing and where, where you're going. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I might need that. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, this is just a momentous moment for all of you, and I'm just so excited. It's been kind of a long time coming. I remember I was last year at the uh, children's um, meeting. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It was so fun. <laughs> Kids do the funniest things. And I mean, Dad, if you tell them don't do that, don't, don't tell them don't do that because they get up here and they do that. You know, it's really funny. <laughs> anyway, um, but I remember the children's leader, I forget her name, but she appealed to everybody, said, you, got, you guys got to help us. This room is way too small, and we just need help. And, right. and this year, you have helped, and it's been incredible. And I'm really excited. This is, I mean, it's it almost out of the blue. I mean, I know you've been searching for a place for many, many years and got targeted one, and no, we're not going there. And another one was perfect, and no, we can't go there. And, and then another one, I remember uh, talking to Tim, and, and it's a perfect place. It's just behind this building, and it hides it. And, and God has given you a place that everybody can see. <laughs> it's really cool, and, and what a joy. So thank you. And I'm just really proud of all of those, especially the leaders here and all that you've done these last few years. I remember when you started. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's, you just started as a, a Bible study to just, just help some people who have been wounded. And, and God is blessed. Amen. God has blessed that little Bible study, turned it into the way church, and you're touching hundreds and hundreds of people. And I really believe in my heart that this is only the beginning. That God has great things in store for you. It's really exciting. So all that, but I just am so thankful. Um, and I also I've had the privilege this last year to be here a little bit more than normal because last summer we had to be home. I had to go to a special missionary meeting in Springfield, and so we happened to be here. And I was able to attend last summer almost the whole series on the book of Daniel. And um, uh, 
what a powerful, powerful series it was because it was so contemporary. It, it, tells, it, it told exactly what's happening in our world today. I mean, it was written, what, 1,500 years ago, but it tells us exactly. And, and, and I think Tim concluded with how to live in these days. And that's what we need. Amen. We need to know how to live because it is a wicked generation. I mean, things are bad. I mean, things are really, really, it is dark out there. <laughs> I mean, the, the world we're living in, I, can you, I, I just can't believe looking back. I remember my first, what, um, I got to get my clock going here. I'm already running out of time. <laughs> this is bad, you know. Uh, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when I went to school. Um, come on. Um, oh, dear. I, I, forgive me for this. I'm so sorry. But I got to know where I am on time, so here we go. Okay. Um, when I went to grade school, oh, thank you. Bless you, my son. Thank you. <laughs> I remember it being in grade school. Um, every morning we started the class with the Lord's Prayer in school and the Pledge of Allegiance. And about 1963, Madeline Murray O'Hare brought a lawsuit in the name of her sons. One of now is a powerful evangelist, but um, that that got prayer kicked out out of the school. We couldn't say the Lord's Prayer anymore. And then a little while later, uh, I don't know how this happened, but someone brought a lawsuit and it's against the law, or at least they don't say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore because it's offensive to some. I'm going, you know, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) Uh, And and the more I study history, the more miracles I read about what happened during the Revolution, the story of of uh, Benjamin Franklin at the at the congressional hearing where all these guys were mad at each other and they were ready to go home because they New York wanted everybody to be like New York and Pennsylvania wanted and, and and all the colonies wanted everyone to be like them and Benjamin Franklin said, "Hey, wait a minute, guys. The guys from New York already had their bags packed. They were going home." The congressional for them, the congressional convention, the 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 congress built the building of the 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 uh, Constitution was over for them, and Benjamin Franklin said, "Hey guys, do you remember in this very room here in Philadelphia during the Revolutionary War when we had nothing fighting the greatest army in the world? We knew we were defeated, and we stopped and we called on God." And God gave us that army. (laughs) Don't you think that if we would stop again and pray together that God could unite us? And you know, they took three days off. And they went to churches in Philadelphia and they heard some of the greatest preachers in history declaring the liberty that comes in the word of God. And you know... Within six weeks, the Constitution of the United States had been brought together. It's a miracle document. It really is. It really is. And so now people are telling us, you can't do this, you can't do that. There's this freedom of religion movement. I I just have to laugh at those guys. They think they're smarter than God. (laughs) And you know what God says? In Psalms, it says, there's a verse, I don't know where it is, but it's there. And God laughs at them. (laughs) 
And so all that just to say that we're living in a dark world and, and maybe it's getting darker, but at the same time, it says, Joel 2, in the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. <laughs> and I've had parents talk to me and say, hey, you would never say that if you knew my kid. <laughs> And I say to them, you would never say that if you knew my God, you know, <laughs> because our God has the power to change world events. Amen. Amen. And all that, I'm way off track already, and I, I just, <laughs> but just, it's just great to be with you, and thank you so much for, for all that you do and what you're doing in Lakeland, how you're bringing life to this place, you're bringing light to the darkness, and it's really, really exciting. And so these last few weeks, we've talked about humble beginnings, and, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of where I start, because I worked with students for many, many years, and I just went over and over and over the rules of discipleship. I mean, the, the, the beginnings of spiritual life for young people, every teenager needs to go through a few of the, the dominant biblical things. And then we went a lot of years and found ourselves in, in uh, working at a theological seminary, in uh, Brussels, Belgium. And uh, there was a little bit of a call for spiritual formation, which is a new word for discipleship. And so I started studying all the spiritual formation books. There's some great authors. Uh, um, Richard Foster has written a book, uh, Celebration of Discipline. And um, uh, there are just numerous authors that have focused on the basics of what it means to know God and to walk with God and ultimately, the goals of what God wants in our lives. And it comes down to the last verse of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Now there remains faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that's what God wants out of us. He wants us to be a vessel to allow his love to flow through us. And that's what spiritual formation is all about. And that's kind of what uh, Pastor Tim has been talking about the last few weeks when it comes to humble beginnings. So anyway, we, we got started on spiritual formation. And there's a guy named Dallas Willard that's really one of the most, most storied uh, um, theologians who writes on spiritual formation. And, and you read through his stuff, and it's very, very complicated. And yet it's very, very simple. And they're just simple steps in life that God wants us to walk through to build our character, to build our life, that he can allow his love to flow through us to touch others. And so I started on that, and every two weeks I send an email to all of our students and say, in the next two weeks, we're going to focus on this discipline. And we started with the word, and you know, it's funny, I got a little bit of kickback. Starting in a, in a seminary, a theological seminary, we're, the first spiritual discipline has to do with the Word, the Word of God. You know? and, and I had a purpose for that because the foundation of everything spiritual, at least positive spiritual, is the Word of God. Yeah. And I love to hear your first value is the Word of God. But when we read the Word, God sticks things out at us. I mean, you, you can't go through very long without there, a, a verse just sticking out. And, 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 and so that's the reason we study the Word is for God to speak to us. And through Him speaking to us, we develop this thing called spiritual formation. And then the next few were 
or, or uh, uh, community and and forgiveness or or confession and uh, meditation and uh, the verse that sticks out in your devotions is the verse that you should meditate on. Write it down. And I found my verse for weeks meditating on a single verse that God gave to me to change my character and to build me and to develop my spiritual formation. So all that just to say that spiritual formation is all about allowing the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow in our lives. And today I've got three points that I want to go through. And um, uh, there are three elements of what's called the anointing. And if you don't hear anything I say, there's one verse I want to leave with you today. And I hope that you apply this to your heart and to your life in coming weeks. And it's in Isaiah chapter uh, 10, verse 27. And, and just to boil it down, it, is, it, it, it tells us that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And, of course, it's the context of it, I mean, the theologians will fight you over. That's not what that means. And what I'm going to say isn't what it means. But I'm telling you, what I'm saying is, what is, 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 is a principle of God's word. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks every yoke, every bondage that can come to us. So these three scriptures today, John, 1 John 2.27, Acts 1.8, and Isaiah 10, 27. Before I get going too far, I want to explain these two things. What is a yoke? A yoke is a wooden cross piece that's fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart that they're pulling, and it makes them, makes them work together. And, um, and for theological purposes, um, a yoke is being bound together or bondage by something, where you're bound with something. And normally, when it comes to theology, you're bound to something that's not so pleasant. A yoke is something that guides you into a place you really don't want to go. And then the second thing is the anointing. The anointing, um, 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 the anointing is, is defined as to smear or rub with oil or to consecrate or to empower. And um, um, I love this verse, Hebrews 1.9. This was my meditation verse for a whole year one time. It was Hebrews 1.9. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. I just love that verse. And so a few years ago, a revival happened in our church, and, and uh, it was called the Laughing Revival. <laughs> And it was really fun. I found myself late at night in this service. I mean, it was it, the presence of God was so powerful. You just didn't want to leave. And I and 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 so the evangelist was got a lot of criticism because people would start laughing. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this or not. It, it was a long time ago. What 1983? I mean, that was in the dark ages for some of us. But um, <laughs> but it was so fun. And this guy would just start get up there and start sharing scripture, and people would start laughing. And he, it was like they couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and I thought of this verse, anointing you with the oil of joy. Because when the yoke is broken, joy comes. When we're broken from the bondage of things the enemy holds us tight to, when that yoke is broken, there is this 
unstoppable inner joy that comes. And I, I just love it. So there was criticism of the Laughing Revival. And if you go online now, just Google Laughing Revival. <laughs> and the first things that come up because they have designed it this way are the negatives. All the bad things about the laughter. And so all the critics, and they were talking about how bad this was and how wrong and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm going, how good this is, how fun it is, how the presence of God is so powerful. I just loved it. Um, anyway, it's a long story. Um, so what is the anointing? It, it's what the Holy Spirit does. It's like an engine that produces power. I mean, the engine is in your car. You can up, up, up then you can see the engine, and it's an engine. But what does that engine do? It produces power for the car to go. And there's a couple of different kinds of power. There's horsepower and there's torque. And I like to think of of um, the anointing as torque. It's the tw- it's ability to pull. You know, the tractor has massive torque in the engine. Not a lot of horsepower, or maybe there's horsepower. I don't know any, all, I just know that torque is pulling power, and the anointing in our lives is the pulling power, the ability, the, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit helps us with what we're going through. And so I'd like to explain these three thoughts um, with you today. Number one, there is three facets of, of the anointing, and they're all um, uh, from the same spirit. Uh, um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them all. There's different kinds of anointing, but it's the same spirit that, that drives the whole thing. Number one is called the, uh, the abiding anointing. It's the anointing around salvation. When you come to Christ, there's this incredible thing that happens inside of us. When, when that, I'll never forget that moment when Jesus forgave me of my sins. I was seven years old, a deep sinner. I mean, I had done the most wicked things. <laughs> My mom had said, I had asked her for, I loved hot dogs. I still do. <laughs> and my mom, I asked my mom, can I have an, I'll just eat it raw. You know, I just eat, I just, I, and, and she said, no. Well, I ate it anyway. <laughs> Another thing I, was, I liked was strawberries. And, and so my mom would, in the summertime, would buy all the strawberries in the world and pack them away and put them in the freezer. And there was, I, I knew that they were there. And so I just loved to thaw out a little package of strawberries and just eat them. So I asked my mom, is it, can I have some strawberries? Just, I just want a little package of strawberries. No, you can't. Well, <laughs> you never guess what happened. I did. I, I, I ate the whole package. In the middle of the night, I, I got what's called now a food poisoning. But I was sick in the middle of the night. And I almost made it to the bathroom, <laughs> and I just spewed strawberries all over the wall. You know? <laughs> and then my dad, you know, later on, my dad reminded me there is a verse that says, "Be sure your sins will find you out." You know, <laughs> I got caught. You know, anyway, seven years old, the Holy Spirit convicted me of my heart of my sins. I'll never forget asking Jesus to forgive me of my sins. What a radical change. And there's this anointing. 1 John 2.26, it says, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. 
As for you, the anointing that you receive from, from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but this anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. In other words, this, this anointing that comes at salvation is something for internal. It's something that teaches from the inside. It's, it's, it actually touches a part of our spirit that's our conscience. When, 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 when the anointing of the Holy Spirit touches us, it helps us know what right, right and wrong is. And, and a lot of, there are a lot of, we ask a lot of questions we really don't need to ask because inside we know the answer. Have you ever had this massive question and you tried to to uh, um, um, uh, a stump all the theologians but the fact is in our hearts we know the answer it's that abiding anointing that comes and uh, um, and, 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 and that um, the anointing mentioned in 1 John 2.27 is what I call abiding anointing it's anointing for living it's the inner anointing working from within you to deepen your fellowship with God and I want to read this passage. It's, I just love this because this is the, the, what the abiding anointing is all about. In, first, in uh, John 15, 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. <laughs> I just hate this. <laughs> How many love to be pruned? I mean, I don't like that. <laughs> But it says, if you bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is the idea of, of the anointing, that when we abide in the vine, he helps us. You come to church and you want to answer to a question you've got this week, and the, the pastor preaches on the opposite. You know? And I, you say, I needed help. Well, it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will help you inside understand or know the answers to questions that comes up. The abiding anointing, it's with you. Remember, the abiding anointing helps us with our personal life. The second anointing I want to talk about today is, it, and, 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 and these anointings kind of grow into each other. So the abiding anointing grows into what's called ministry anointing or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the power of God to help us touch other people. And this is really where the joy of the Holy Spirit comes or the peace of God comes like Pastor Tim mentioned, I like this church because I feel the peace of God here. And, 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 and that's the way it is with us in our neighborhood. If we, if, if we ask God for the, the ministry anointing of his spirit, he gives us peace to kind of deal with the things that are going on. And, and, and a lot of bad things are going on. And, and God helps us with peace to be able to handle what's happening around us. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the empowering anointing 
to minister to other people. It's the anointing that comes to help us in, in our daily life in, 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 in trying to love, in trying to minister to other people's needs. It affects the ministry, gifts of God in our lives. It's, it's the anointing for service, to be able to do things. I, I've been fun, it's been fun watching. I know Pastor Tim has been watching you as this ministry anointing has been imp- impacting you in doing things at the, at the new building. Some of you have been doing things that really aren't your ministry <laughs> there. But really, ministry is about serving, serving other people. And so this, this ministry anointing helps us in serving others. It, it provides the ability to share the gospel with others and live right before our friends. And you know, sometimes you're never going to reach your friends, your neighbor, by, by preaching to them. But your life will speak volumes to them. I have a friend who's a missionary in Benin. And actually, he was only there a year and a half and didn't even know for sure why God brought him to Benin. But he had two people that worked for him. One, There were two boys that worked around their house. One worked inside the house. The other was the gardener who worked outside the house. And they ate with them at their table. And he just emphasized to them, trust God, trust God. You know, we live, we, we just trust God. And that's really all they said. And then God moved the Jacksons to another country, and so they never saw these, these boys again. But the boys, this ministry anointing that was on the Jacksons was instilled in the hearts of these two boys. You know, just a couple of years ago, one of these boys became the president of the Assemblies of God of all the country of Benin. And the other one ran for president, became the president of Benin. Because early on, they were, 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 were trained to trust in God. Sometimes it's not our preaching, but our life that communicates the love of God to other people. Remember, the anointing helps us in touching those around us, especially, I must say, this time of year. Because there are so many people that are oppressed. And I have, this last week, had some people that kind of castigated me for being happy in this, this season. Because there are so many people that are depressed. So many people are just wounded. And it is a tough time for some people. And so I'm not supposed to be happy because they're, and I'm going, excuse me, you know, how can they get happy if, 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 if you're not exposed to joy? Maybe I need to be happier. Maybe I need to do more things. Maybe I need to do more things to help them. And this time of the year, the ministry anointing is a powerful moment for us to express the anointing of joy and the peace of God. Amen? And then, and then the last one is um, a kingdom anointing. And this is what changes nations. I call it, actually it's kingdom anointing, but I call it the church anointing. It's, it's who we are as a church. I like to say this at our school when I'm, I'm speaking at chapel. I like to say, you know, I'm powerful. <laughs> I'm really a powerful man of God. You know, I am. But I'm not nearly as powerful as us. Because together we are mighty. When we bring all of our anointing together, I'm telling you, it is a 
national, um, a nation-changing power that arises in the church. It's a church anointing. And that's where we come to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulders and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And, 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 and of course, the theologians are going to fuss with us over this verse, saying that this is for today. It is for today. I don't care what they say. This is a specific word about the prophet saying that, that in the end, there's going to be a great battle in Jerusalem. All the nations will be, it's the battle of Armageddon. And, and, and that's what the prophet is kind of saying here. But because it's prophecy, we can apply it to the principles of God. And this principle of the anointing break, breaking the yoke is not confined to Isaiah, not confined to the Old Testament, but this is the power of the cross that Jesus exemplified on the cross when he died for our sins and our sickness and our infirmities and every issue that we will ever face <clears throat> and every yoke the devil tries to put on us can be broken by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the NIV says it like this. In that day, their burden will be lifted from their shoulders. <clears throat> their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, that, that almost begs a, an answer to this. I mean, what is he, you know, did they mistranslate that for the King James? I mean, what is this? No, it's, it, it's all the same and the words have been translated a little differently. But this is talking about the power that comes when, when we grow. Spiritual formation is so important for us. Because when we grow, our growth breaks the yokes that the enemy tries to put on us. And you have a tremendous opportunity for spiritual formation in this coming year. This, this, the, the next spiritual formation tool that I'm going to be writing a letter about, actually tomorrow to all our students, is, is fasting. Because when things are really bad, sometimes God calls us to fast or give up food or give up something we like as a sacrifice to him. And I'm telling you, fasting gets God's attention. It really does. And so coming up next month, you're going to have this opportunity for a three-week fast. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it with you. I, I, I just believe that God, when we, when we fast, when we do these spiritual formation things, God does great things. And then another thing that you have great opportunity to grow fat in the spirit is that once a month class. And I, what's the name of it? I, for, I forget the name of it. But it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's, 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 it's a, a ministry class that you have available here, and it is powerful. I want to encourage, if I was here, I would be there. It, it's a powerful thing because it's, it's putting together a lot of the rules and the, the, the things about spiritual formation that builds church power. And individually, each one of us is a powerful person. But together we are mighty. And we are able to do greater things because we are together than we could, be by, could do by ourselves. This power 
we get fat, it breaks the, the yoke, it breaks the bondage. This, it's, it's a power that breaks strongholds. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. They're spiritual to demolish strongholds. This world-changing anointing specifically affects people and nations. And I've got a list of the, the nations that were changed. After the day of Pentecost, the disciples went and Philip went to Samaria and was preaching. And of course, there was some kickback and some issues. But as he left, it says there was great joy in the city because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit and what he did for them. Paul and Barnabas at Pisidium Antioch, they actually had a lot of issues and problems there. But <clears throat> Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Joy <clears throat> follows deliverance. I remember when, when I was first set free, the joy that came to my heart. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, Joy came to my heart, and I had uncontrollable laughter for the joy of the Lord will be our strength when we allow this anointing to us. It was, it's this anointing that was on Elijah when he ministered in Israel with Ahab and Jezebel, and they had brought in all the, the gods of, the, of, of, of foreigners, the gods that, that God had said, don't do that. Well, they did it anyway, and Elijah stood before them and said, you know, who is, who is the God of Israel? And before that altar that day, the God of Israel answered the God and defeated the gods of Baal and the others that were there. It's a powerful anointing. It's obvious to all of us that the enemy's goal is to put us into bondage. He wants to take our freedom. Freedom that was paid for at the cross. And you know, there are days that we, we let him do it and we get yoked to these things. But Colossians 2.15, it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Every yoke is broken at the cross. Yokes are disarmed there. Remember, the kingdom anointing breaks every yoke. And today, in conclusion, I just want to, I, I want to, I, as I was praying this week, there were some words that came to me. And if we can, I want to put it, I, I want us to put this into action. I, I just love some verses in Romans chapter 8. It says, 826, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we have to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with words that groans cannot express. And verse 27, it says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And then verse 34, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Three times, one chapter, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. And I want us to put this into action today, if you will. I want us to take a deep look into our own hearts. Where are you? I say, God, where am I? 
What's going on inside of me? Where do you want me to grow? Where is it that you want to break a yoke? What is it that's, that's trying to capture and take me captive? And as I was praying, these words, a few words came to me. And I, if you will, I want us just to bow for prayer. I want us to, and I'm going to say this word. I, want to, I just want to ask you a question. As you de- look deep into your heart, are any of these yokes there? The first word that came to me was anger. Just take a deep look. Is there any anger there? Down deep, underneath it all, is there anything that really makes you angry that you're dealing with? Do you know that yoke of anger can be broken as we renounce anger and say, in the name of Jesus, God, break this yoke. The second was was self-pity. Look deep. Look deep. Because self-pity is a dreadful thing. Feeling sorry for ourselves when God wants us to look out, we look in and, and there's this thing that just grips us. Will you just say this, if it's you, just say, oh God, I renounce self-pity. God, forgive me for feeling for, sorry for myself because you really paid the price for this. I don't need this anymore. The third one was lust. A binding, binding yoke. We got to look deep sometimes to find these things. God, forgive me of lust. God, I pray you would deliver me. I renounce it in Jesus' name. Look deep in your heart. The next one is pride. Where we set ourselves above above everyone else. And pride is a dreadful yoke that grips people's hearts. If it's there, just say, God, I renounce this thing in the name of Jesus. Break this yoke in my life. The next one that came to me was a power, is a powerful one. It's called doubt, where we, we just doubt what God says. We say, oh, God, you know, you do it for others. You, you just don't do it for me. And, 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 and I, I, I just don't think you can do it for me. But, you know, doubt is a yoke that the power of the cross will break. Let's renounce it in the name of Jesus. God put faith where doubt was. The next one, the word that came to me this week was fear. Where we fear everything around us. We fear, there there are just things that arise inside of us. And suddenly there's just fear there. Well, fear, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, set us free from the fears of this world. Because God wants us to be free. And then the last one that came to me this week was control. We just sometimes feel like we've got to be in control. But do you know the power of the gospel comes when we let go of ourselves and we say, God, 
I want to go with you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do the things. And we just give him the right to be in charge of our lives. Look deep into your heart. If that is an issue, say, God, I renounce this yoke of control, and I want to give you the control of my life. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Always remember this. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yokes, the lies that the enemy brings to us that tries, tries to, to, to bind us up. God wants his people to be free. Amen. 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 Tom, thank you for, for that, but thank you for living the life, you know? I remember 20 years ago being in prayer meetings that you were in, and you still pray the same way. And I remember just watching you, fingers crossed, bent over, seeking the Lord. And uh, that's a model in my life that I hope years from now people remember when I prayed, and I, I think that that's one of the reasons why you have an anointing. That probably the main reason, right? Uh, it was, what Tom doesn't know is that we went to a conference as a staff about um, a month, two months ago, and uh, anointing is going to be the theme for 2024 for our church. And so I think it's pretty neat that you kind of started the ball rolling for us here. I love it. Um, as we close today and um, as we dismiss, two things. Um, we are fasting uh, January 7th through the 28th, and it'll start on Sunday morning. Uh, fasting looks different for everyone. Your fast isn't going to be better than mine. Mine will not be better than yours. You just have to obey the Lord and do what he's asking you to do. If you've never fasted before, please do not do a 21-day absolute no, fat, no food. Uh, you may hurt yourself, uh, but you should do something, um, and you should do something that costs you something. Fasting is not easy, and it is not largely fun, but the anointing that steps into your life will be. And you'll love the hunger that grows inside of you because of it. The next thing is uh, we're going to start the meetings, uh, the interest meetings for mentorship. It's a once-a-month meeting that uh, will stretch you. Man, it will stretch you. It will stretch you. And so there's information in the back at the end of this service. Uh, Amanda is there. Amanda, can you wave at everyone? If you have questions, we have two forms. One is the contract that you'll sign and your spouse will sign if you're married and two is the books and the chapters in the bible and the verses that you'll memorize when you come to those meetings it will be great um other than that i love you guys know that december is crazy give each other extra grace you're gonna need it and um i love you i love you i love you thank you tom lord jesus be with our people today in the power of the holy spirit Thank you, Lord, that your grace is upon us. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come, and that you live, and that you walk with each one of us. You are God with us. We adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, 
please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.